0: If you have got a bulletin on the way in, then you can turn to the third page there, and we have the outline for this morning's service. Um, I'll start a phrase and see if you can finish it. I'm sure you can. The hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. world. (laughs) And we've heard that one before, have we not? And... uh, those early years are very influential and mums have that input. Proverbs 1, eight, My son, hear the instruction of thy father and forsake not the law of thy mother. In our reading this morning there was a man that we'll look at a little bit later that was only a young lad in a home where his mother and grandmother believed his father was a Greek and it doesn't indicate to us that he was a a believer but they they had great influence on him that he became a an influential pastor in the early church after it just started well while it was starting really and his name was Timothy and then so we're looking at the thought of mothers today with an s on the end And that's spelt out in the outline there, if you can pick that out, as we go down through different ones. We won't spend a long time. We could spend all our time on each of these individuals, each of these mothers, but we're moving through quickly to take a gem from each one. Um, The importance of mothers cannot be overemphasised, can it? Let me read a portion from the end of a book, the conclusion of a book, by Herbert Lockyer. And... uh, he he's a, a man that wrote all the men of the Bible all the women of the Bible all the doctrines of the Bible all the, all the, all the <laughs> and he, I don't know how he got time to write all the books <laughs> that he did but in the conclusion to all the women of the Bible uh, he, he said this sweet ministry of motherhood as the month of May brings us our National Mother's Day It is but fitting that we should pay tribute to our dear mothers who nourished us at their breasts and hushed us to sleep in warm security in their arms. Many there are are who, as they remember the mothers who gave them birth, have a Mother's Day every day. Tireless love, uttered and voiceless prayers, agony which followed them through their sins and won them back, and the Christ-like power of sacrifice, are never forgotten, and in honoring their mothers they are giving honour whenever it is due. The eloquence of saintly motherhood is beautifully expressed in the following unidentified lines. Her love outlasts all human love. Her faith endures the conquest hardest test. Her grace and patience through a lifetime prove that she is friend and noblest and best. There are two ways in which we can honour our mothers to whom we owe our homes and whose mother love gave us a glimpse into the heart of God. First of all, we can express our love and gratitude in some tangible way. That means if mum's still alive, we could phone her, we could visit her. And uh, maybe we could a card. Maybe we could take her out for a meal. Maybe that's too late to arrange. <laughs> but for tonight, you could. I uh, Read on. While, of course, we can never repay Mother for her love, sacrifice, tears and patience, we can certainly use an occasion like Mother's Day for cheering her heart. May God have mercy upon you if you have forgotten Mother somewhere a forgotten mother somewhere in the world. In the next place, we can resolve to be the men and women our mothers want us to be. Are you a child of many prayers? Has a mother yearned over you and striven to lead you to the feet of the crucified Saviour? As yet, however, her prayers and pleadings have been in vain. What a load would be lifted from her loving heart if only you would turn to the Master she dearly loves. If your beloved mother has journeyed beyond the shadow of earth, rest assured that even in the glory land her heart can be made to rejoice over the tidings of your salvation carried to her by divine messengers. Because the Bible says in Luke fifteen ten, likewise I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels, of God over one sinner, that repents. Amen. So they can hear if a person believes today, because that message in the presence of the not the angels rejoicing, but in the presence, maybe it's all the mums, yay, <laughs> my son got saved, my daughter got saved, my. My beloved, become a believer today. You know, you can still cause rejoicing. Who wouldn't want heaven to rejoice? <laughs> Trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and it will. And at the end, they, I read this. O oh mother, when I think of thee, tis but a step to Calvary. The gentle hand upon my brow is leading me to Jesus now. Maybe this morning will be the day that you're led to the Lord. Today, we're going to look at about seven mothers outlined for us in the acrostic there that we have and the character that each one displayed. Let's pray before we do. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your word. Thank you for the thoughts we have already considered. and Thank you for our mothers today. Our oh Lord, we owe so much, what we gave so little. And I pray that we would give again honour and respect to them, a phone call or a word shared. Maybe we would believe today and make heaven rejoice. Our mother, in glory, (laughs) would hear of it. Lord, bless those that are here, bless those that can't be here, and those that are listening in on the internet, Lord, that each one would consider the topic of today and rejoice that they have life because of their mother and they have been raised and cared for by her hands and many prayers have been given from her toward us. Bless now as we think of these mums this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. (coughs) Let's turn to the Gospel of Luke to start with. Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, and you probably know, well, it's in your bulletin. We can't hide that. <clears throat> Luke, chapter 1, and consider the most honoured woman of all time. I wonder if in Jerusalem and around about, the young ladies that were virgins who had read the bible <clears throat> their bible at that time excuse me <clears throat> the old testament whether they were thinking maybe it's me <laughs> you see they could have known from the old testament that a virgin was going to conceive, conceive and bear a son and that shall call his name jesus this, this is going this was going to happen and if they read even a little bit more they would say i'm moving to bethlehem because <laughs> that's where it's going to happen. But they'd be slightly wrong there. In Nazareth or, you know, wherever, that uh, they were living at that time, but they could... And, and that's in the Scriptures too. I don't know that they the Bethlehem virgin population increased. It doesn't say so. <laughs> or, or Nazareth, other places that are mentioned in the Old Testament where the Saviour would be born. But we see Mary's willingness in chapter 1 verse 26 to 38 just hone in on verse 38 of chapter 1 haven't time to read all all the others and we find this written here and mary said behold the handmaid of the lord be it unto me according to thy word and the angel departed from her this is the angel coming to her and saying you're going to bear the son of the highest and uh (laughs) the lord jesus christ would be the one born through you and how can this be and you know the discussion that went on before but she said this in her willingness be it unto me now when she said that remember she was putting a life on the line because a lady in that day if they were found with child and they weren't married that was the end of them and stoned to death and so be it unto me and how can these things be? If I know not a man, I'm not married, I'm, I'm engaged, but she's not married. And so there could have been all sorts of rumours spread around, but she was willing to take that step because this was God speaking. This is the angel speaking to her on God's behalf about this thing. Be it unto me, willingness, her thoughtfulness. In verse 19 of chapter 2 of Luke, we read this. And Mary kept all these sayings and pondered them in her heart. She thought about these things. So she was willing to go through with this that the angel had announced. She pondered these things in her heart. You know, folks, we need to be ones that meditate. Meditate upon the things of God. She pondered these things. Her child magnified, but not herself. She is willing to take second place in chapter 2 and verse 33 where we read, this is of Luke still, and Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken to him. And of him, we, we find that she considered these things. She marveled at these things. She wondered, and, and all through her life, as she bore the Lord Jesus and bore the half-brothers and sisters to the Lord Jesus Christ, she would have been thinking about the thoughts of the words that were said to her by the angels and announced to her. Her devotedness is seen in verse 22 of chapter 22. We read there, And when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. After the Lord Jesus was born, that's what she did. She followed the prescribed way of going about things in the Old Testament there and brought him... And devoted him to the Lord. Presented to the Lord was the Lord Jesus by his mother. Her attentiveness also is seen in verse 51 of chapter 2. If we go over to that verse. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. But his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. She'd taken the Lord Jesus. At the age of 12 they went. And they went every year. They went to these services every year. And she's attentive to the spiritual things. Mums, be attentive to spiritual things. Your children are going to live somewhere for eternity. And we need to attend upon these. And Mary attended upon these things. And she was meek, if we haven't got that word, meekness, in submitting herself to the will of God and her family and her children. Um, Keep these sayings in her heart. She went every year. She knew there was something special about the son that she had, the Lord Jesus. Jesus of Nazareth, as we know him. But then came that cruel day, and you can read it at the end of each gospel, in John's gospel, chapter 19, verse 25 to 27, where she saw her son of promise, on a cruel cross, on a Roman cross, at the prime of his life being crucified as a criminal. And she stood there and watched him die, you know. And remember that the Lord Jesus, in thinking of his mum, said to John, thy mother, take her and look after her. I'm the oldest son, I've been crucified, I'm dying. And so even on the cross, one of the sayings from the cross was about mum. One of the seven sayings as Jesus was there dying. Her sorrowfulness, her broken heart, all her aspirations, all the things she thought, all the dreams she had as she pondered these things over the years in her heart and she came to her own conclusions, which may not have been right. But now to see him crucified, this is the end. But it wasn't, was it? Because Jesus rose again and showed himself. In his, she saw him, mum saw him again. Now we don't pray to Mary. She was a chosen vessel. She was she is spoken about in the scriptures. Highly exalted. But not to be prayed to. She's the she's one also that had to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and trust her son as her savior. So Mary displayed the character of meekness, humbly submitting to the Lord. Then we come to another one in the Bible, and this is oh we. Um, You find hard-pressed to find a mother with the name O, or letter O. So I've called her Old Naomi. Now, she's going to forgive us when we get to heaven. But uh, Old Naomi, who displayed the character of an overcomer, and this is back in the book of Ruth. Um, You might like to turn, you might like to just listen, because we move through quickly. Things that Naomi had to overcome things that she had to face in her life. Ruth chapter 1 and verse 1 we read, Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. So this is Naomi, (laughs) the the wife. There was a famine in the land of Israel. And so what did they do? They moved to Moab. Moab. Uh, the opposition, you might say, <laughs> up where Jordan is now, present-day Jordan, and down south, the south side. And they sojourned in the strange land, as it says in that verse. And then in verse 3 of chapter 1, and Emile, his husband, died, and she was left, and her two sons. So here she moved to a strange land, strange culture. Now, they were related in some way to the Jews through Lot, but she was there in the strange land, and her husband died. Now, if your husband died in that day, there was no social security. And they they had to make do with what they could. But she had two sons. So that was a blessing, wasn't it, if her husband had died. And then in verse 5, we read, and Malone and Chilion died also, both of them. And the woman was left of her, bereft of her two sons and her husband. So, on top of her, her husband dying, her two sons also died, who had married um, <clears throat> two women of Moab. So you've got all the men gone. And here she is. How is she going to get over this? Well, what does she decide to do in verse 21? She she was going to move back to her home country because the famine had gone. In verse 21, we read, I went out full from israel to moab and the lord hath brought me home empty she'd spent it all she'd lost her husband she'd lost her two sons and she was coming home and how would you like to be a mother in that situation (laughs) she'd lost everything her own children as well lost all her possessions she came home empty but she still was an overcomer wasn't she Read the rest of Ruth and find how she overcome and was victorious. All through that, she did not know the end of her story, her life story. She remained faithful to the Lord. Remember when, and and we'll get into it a little bit later, talking of uh, one of her daughter-in-laws. Did I call her Ruth a minute ago? But when Naomi went away, Orpheus stayed and she stayed in Moab. But Ruth said, I'm going home to your country with you. Your God will be my God. And so on the day that Ruth went out to glean in the fields, this is how poor they were, to pick up the corners of the paddock where the reapers had not reaped and the grain that fell on the ground to pick it up or the heads, she fell upon a field. It, it, it happened so, <laughs> No, God designed it so that Ruth came to the field of Boaz and, and Naomi said, whose field were you in? <laughs> Where did you reap? How did you get so much? Well, I went into the field of a man called Boaz and Naomi lit up, didn't she? <laughs> well, he's a near kinsman to us. And he has the right to redeem us and to get us out of this hole we're in. And you know the story. (laughs) So she overcome. What about you, mum? Mothers? All types of difficulties. But you can overcome. Remain faithful to the Lord. That's what. Naomi did. She remained faithful to the Lord and the Lord blessed her end. She 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 had a grandchild eventually through Boaz and Ruth. She was able to hold her and the people, the ladies of Jerusalem are all rejoicing with her. You read the story of Ruth. Let's go to T in Mother M O T. And this is Timothy's mother. She had the quality of a teacher quality of a teacher. What is her name? Can you remember her name? We read it this morning. Eunice. And it means conquering well. Remember this sermon we preached lately? Was it last week? Finish well. Huh. <laughs> she conquered well. The ending of her name, Nice, is Nike. What do we have? I hope maybe you've got better shoes on than these today. <laughs> but what shoes to... And they use this because of the meaning of the word... Nike Nike shoe Uh, that used to be that people would die for that Uh, no people would kill for that and that happened when they first came out because of the cost of them but they were ones that were favourites and in old times in Macedonian age the end of female names ended as this her name ended Eunice Nike conquering well favourite one and so this is Timothy's mother. If you go to Timothy, where we had our reading this morning, in chapter 3 of 2 Timothy, in verse 14 and 15, that we read, But continue thou in the things that thou hast learned. Who did he learn them from? Well, it tells us there, knowing, or has been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise unto salvation. Eunice, Timothy's mother, had taught her son the way of salvation. Oh, mothers, this is the most important task, you, to teach them the way of salvation. Uh, in our home, I know that happened. I pray that it has happened in your home. To teach them the way of God. This is why you're on planet Earth. It's a time to see if you'll believe and receive the Lord Jesus. Amen. And so Tim- Timothy's mother Eunice, the, 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 the victory one, the conquering one, the teacher, taught him. How, how soon is too soon to start teaching? It's not too soon, is it? <laughs> <clears throat> Some even start doing that while they're in the womb, singing songs. <laughs> you don't know the response, but... As they learn, they grow. Isn't it amazing? You know, you have that little child. And they come into the world. In a couple of years, they're talking. You, you try, as an adult, to learn a language in two years. Yeah, you try it. No. <laughs> it's very hard. It might. Maybe I'm not. I'm not as intellectual, IQ high, or whatever. But I learned Greek for three years. I don't know a word of it now. I wished I'd continued. <laughs> Because I could read the Bible in Greek and understand what it meant. And it's gone. (laughs) Um, But here, little ones, not only learn a language, but learn the the emphasis of words and everything like that. It's a miracle, really, that these little beings can come to know life. God has created us so. (laughs) And we can thank him for it. And they can learn. They can pick up things. There's one little fella over there in junior church. And the question was asked of the week's lesson before. You now what happened to the Jews? And the little fellow jumped up and said, the Babylonians and the Assyrians come and took them captive. And I went, what? <laughs> He's only five years old and he knows that what happened. because, And all it was just said to them the week before and he picked it up. They can take things in. and And mums, don't Think that your child cannot understand about salvation and God at a very young age. Most people become Christians when they're young before ten. most people most of them become believers. yeah okay who who did become a Christian before ten? Oh, I thought there'd be a few more. Twelve. Let's go up a little bit. Fifteen. Okay, a few. Who become a Christian after they were 40? Uh, about one, yes. Remember Larry? Two, yes. Three, not many. Most people become Christians. And, and this is what Timothy's mother was on about, teaching him the way of God. He became a pastor because of what he and his grandmother had instilled in him. It wasn't his dad, it was his mum. You know, I, I know the prime responsibility falls on dad, but if dad's not a Christian, then mum will take that up. And played a very important part in his life. In chapter 1 and verse 5, what we read this morning, when I call to remembrance, Paul said, the unfeigned faith that is in thee, Timothy, which dwelt first in thy grandmother, Lois, and in thy mother, Eunice, and I'm persuaded in thee also. So he was a real helpmate to the one that wrote half the New Testament, Timothy was, and highly recommended by the Apostle Paul. And this all started back there in the crib, when mum, Eunice, was talking to him and teaching him godliness, holiness, meekness, wisdom, patience, practical things of the Christian life. Proverbs 22.6 says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. The next mother is H, and that's Hannah, who shows the quality of helper or handmaid. She called herself the handmaid of the Lord. Hannah was a helping handmaid of the Lord. In Samuel, and we won't turn there, but in 1 Samuel, I think we preached on her about two years ago in a Mother's Day sermon, but we see her heart cry. She was barren. She had no children and she was in bitterness of soul actually but the bitterness did not continue in chapter 1 verse 10 of 1 Samuel and verse 13 she was crying and praying unto the Lord and and, um, old Eli thought she was drunk because she was saying words but not uttering the words and uh, she said no I am not I am not drunk I am in bitterness of soul for I have not a child and Eli said will God grant you your prayer and she her prayer was answered and who did she have as a son samuel and what a man he was she said if i have a child i'll commit him to god and take him to the temple and she gave him up at 12 years old to be a servant of the lord and god started working straight away didn't he through samuel Samuel the prophet, Samuel, a committed man, Samuel who faced opposition, Samuel who had to tell the high priest of his day as a young lad, you're going to die and your sons. (laughs) You know, what did God reveal to you tonight, Eli said? And Samuel was withholding it. No, he had to come out with it. He was truthful and honest, respected the Lord more than men, and he told him the truth. What a man... Hannah had in Samuel her young son. We see her heart's cry, her honest promise in verse 11 of chapter 1 and her her heart rejoicing in chapter 2, verse 1. And she could give her son to service, to serve the Lord. And so she was a handmaid, she was a helper, and so was her son to Israel, a great mighty prophet there for them. And uh, how many books are written by him? two books first and second samuel if you'd care to read those then we go to e in mother and we've listed elizabeth here elizabeth was the mother of whom john the baptist uh, that elizabeth (laughs) and who and she displayed displayed the quality of earnestness and her name means god is my oath she was a worshiper of god Hannah means gracious. I haven't been listening, uh, listing what they, their names mean there, but Elizabeth, God is my oath. And to her was born John the Baptist, as you said. And what did the Lord Jesus say about John the Baptist? A greater has not been born. He is the forerunner of the Lord Jesus he was a, a few months older and he was declaring that jesus is the messiah and when the lord jesus come to him to be baptized john the baptizer said no i need to be baptized of you and the lord said no i need to fulfill all things you must baptize me he was he said i'm not willing to unloose the shoe lats of the one who comes he is the one that declared behold the lamb of god that taketh away the sins of the world he is the one that was imprisoned for his bold preaching now i don't know what elizabeth had as far as uh uh, her her needles and and stitching were concerned but uh, her son grew up wearing camel's hair and uh, i don't know what elizabeth gave him to eat but he enjoyed eating locusts and wild honey. So he was a different man. He was a bold man. He was like an ev- a rough evangelist of today. But did he move the world? Even the religious leaders went down to hear him. He didn't go into the populated places. He went out into the wilderness. They went out to him. He had such influence, such a magnetism. And where was it taught to him? Who was it taught to him by? His mother, Elizabeth. An earnestness to bring up a son that would be so used of God and be blessed to introduce the Messiah to the world. Behold, the Lamb of God. God has a special plan for each child and John the Baptist had a special plan and Elizabeth knew that there was a special plan for her son and then he was imprisoned. And he sent a messenger to the Lord Jesus, are you the one or do we look for another? I've introduced the king, the Messiah. But things don't seem to be going to plan here. I'm in prison. I thought I'd be, hey, with you in the kingdom that you're going to establish. And the Lord Jesus sent back, the lame are walking, the blind are seeing, the dead are raised, and on and on. The Lord went about what was happening. And John the Baptist was contented with that and he was he was martyred wasn't he but elizabeth's heart yes would be broken but understanding the full message of what happened to her son she would bless the lord and is blessing the lord now (laughs) for what had happened are we earnest about our child's soul as elizabeth was Are we earnest about their destiny for eternity? Are we earnest about our child's effectiveness effectiveness for God and how they might be used of the Lord? Are we earnest about our child's behaviour? Hey, listen, parents. Sometimes, no, more times probably than not. we cover our children's sins and we should not do that. We should expose them, have them confess them to the Lord, and get right. If we cover the misbehaviors of our children, we're doing them a great disservice. God doesn't do that to us. He exposes our sin, like he did David. He exposes it so that we might get it right. If we get it right, he doesn't have to expose it, does he? And so mums, yes, he... It's your little Johnny. No, sorry, John. <laughs> your little Johnny. But don't cover little Johnny's sins. Make them come before the Lord. Learn, teach them to confess. The next lady, mother we have introduced to us today is Ruth, and we've already mentioned her in her mother in law, Naomi, <clears throat> back in the book of Ruth. And she displayed the character of a reaper, didn't she? She was willing to leave Moab as a daughter-in-law to Naomi. When Naomi went back to to Jerusalem from Moab because the famine had ceased, she went back with her mother-in-law. Your God will be my God. Your people, my people. She, I think this is a a great example of assimilation into a country. And I believe in that. We should be assimilated into the country we go, just as they did in Israel. If they were part of it, assimilate. Take on their God. Take on their culture. Take on what they believe. And it's sad that that's not happening in countries today, but even here. But here, Ruth did that. She went back. And she said to her mother-in-law Naomi, you know, I'm young, I'll go out and I'll harvest. I'll just pick up the grains that we may have some food to eat in the winter. After, after harvest is finished and she went out and reaped and as it's said in Ruth and we mentioned before she went into the field of Boaz <laughs> a near kinsman there was one other kinsman but before Boaz but he didn't want to redeem and help them out but Boaz did and Boaz was, Boaz, Boaz was keen to be the one <laughs> and he married Ruth and great things happened from that marriage, didn't it? There is another one that starts with R. A mother, and her name was Rahab, the harlot. Remember when Israel come in to capture the promised land? Both of these were Gentiles. Well, let's go to the book of Luke, chapter one, and verse five. You see, blessings come upon those that assimilate and change to be what God wants them to be in the country they go to be a citizen of and hey folks there's a whole hot lot of ramifications to that as far as we down here we're not citizens of earth though physically we are we're citizens of heaven and the change needs to happen we need to assimilate we need to take on the lord we need to put on his image we need to be like him and live like him and think like him as we read the word of god in luke chapter 1 verses 5 and 6 we read there was in the days of herod king of judah a certain priest named zacharias of the course of abijah and his wife was of the daughters of aaron and her name was elizabeth and they were both righteous before god walking in the commandments and ordinances of the lord now go down to verse 16 that's just to get things in context and now verse 16 and many of the children of israel this is not the reference I wrote it down in small writing and it's not there but it referred to both of them being in the lineage of the Lord lineages are in Matthew aren't they yes it was Matthew not Luke wrote the wrong book down and Selman begot Boaz of Rahab and Boaz begot Obed of Ruth and Obed begot Jesse and Jesse begot David there we are <laughs> in, the math, in the Gospel of Matthew. And we find here Ruth and Rahab mentioned in the same verse Gentiles in the lineage of whom? If you read on through Matthew chapter one and in verse 17, so all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations and from David until the carrying away into Babylon are 14 generations and from the carrying away into Babylon to Christ. Are 14 generations. They were in the lineage of the Lord Jesus Christ. So both Ruth and Rahab. Though Ruth was a reaper, Rahab wasn't, but both were connected to royalty, the Lord Jesus Christ. She was more than a reaper, this woman Ruth. She showed faithfulness, love, devotion, and therefore she reaped much blessings and joy and gladness from the lord ruth's life is proof that those who are humble and true to the lord will reap great benefits galatians chapter 6 verse 7 and 9 it talks there of sowing and reaping and if we don't sow we won't reap we need to sow as ruth sowed and there will be a reaping she sowed a lot. She didn't know what was going to happen in the future. We have the end of the story, but she didn't, and so in our lives we don't know what's going to happen in the future, but we know who holds the future, and in our hands we commit ourselves and remain faithful to Him, knowing that one day we will reap as we sow. And the last lady, putting s on the end of mother, is Sarah, and First Peter, chapter three and verse three through to six speak of. Sarah Peter did here chapter 3 and verse 3 and he's speaking to the ladies Peter said "Who's adorning let it not be the outward adorning and the plating of hair and wearing of gold or the putting on of apparel that doesn't make a lady that's what Peter is saying right?" But let it be, this is what makes a woman and a mother to be who they are, let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and a quiet spirit, which in the sight of God is of great price. For after this manner in old time, the holy women also trusted in God adorned themselves being in subjection to their own husbands. Even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are, as long as you do well and are not afraid with any amazement. And so here, Sarah, who displayed the character of submission and this inner character, this inner quality, and that's what makes a woman, is the inner quality, the character within. It shows on the outside. And I'm not saying that, as one pastor put it at a pastor's fellowship, my wife would look good in a spud bag with a hole cut out. No, I'm not saying... And he got into trouble for saying that <laughs> by his wife after the <laughs> it was in a pastor's meeting, not in a church service. I won't tell you whose name. <laughs> but the ladies like to dress up and like to adorn themselves. Adorn yourself in modest apparel. The Bible says that. But the, it came from the inward, didn't it? It came from inside, the hidden man of the heart not the outside and so Sarah was adorned from the inner man of the heart and she submitted willingly and we have from her (laughs) many nations from that Isaac (coughs) that followed and all the others Abraham Isaac and Jacob you have the children that came from them and the and the nations that came from them. Not only Israel; there is a lot, of, lot of Middle Eastern peoples that came from Sarah and Abraham, um, <clears throat> and particularly from Abraham, as he married after Sarah died. But here we have all these mothers that are mentioned. I conclude <coughs> with a thought from Lockyer. Again, we started with it; we'll finish. What rapture will thrill our soul when in fair? Fairer paradise we gaze upon the glorified body of Eve, the first woman who ever cast a smile over the lonely path of man. And you remember the story, Adam and Eve. Of Sarah, the mother of the faithful, the central jewel in Abraham's glorified bosom, Rebecca crowned with celestial beauty, Rachel no longer weeping over her children, but rejoicing in their eternal bliss, Ruth, her arms full of golden sheaves; Deborah standing under the celestial palm tree; huh. Jephthah's daughter enshrined in glory for her willing sacrifice; Hannah bowing before the eternal throne with her famous son Samuel by her side; Abigail, the noble-hearted in queenly robes. Now remember, she became David's wife. Esther, bending before the golden rod of the Almighty, as she had to do that before the earthly king or husband that she had. Elizabeth and Mary, blessed above women, engaged in sweet and holy conversation, and worshipping him to whom they were related on earth. Mary of Bethany. Thinking of heaven, thinking of being there. Mary of Bethany scattering the perfume of love and adoration for eternity. And the elect lady with her children round her around her of second and third John, lost in wonder as they constantly look upon him who came as the truth of the world. Bible female saints, the women of all ages who loved the savior and ministered unto him of their substance, will form a large part of the ever-expanding circle of the redeemed and join in the song which the angels cannot sing. This is in Revelation. Unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen. And that's what they'll be singing and are singing and will sing. (laughs) And folks, it is interesting as you look around and see more Women are saved than men, because they have the heart for God, a tenderer heart. Men, get rid of their pride and humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and he will lift you up and exalt you. What an example of women we have. That was a quick overview of a few ladies in the scriptures. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord, for these women who have set a pattern for women of the ages. Thank you that most of them now are in heaven in glory, praising and thanking you and doing what they would do down here. Give glory to the Lord. Bless us, Lord. Thank you for our mums, our mothers, our grandmothers and great-grandmothers. Bless them indeed, and may they be used again and again to whisper words of wonder in our ears from the Lord Jesus. We ask and pray in Jesus' name.